the obelisk. The obelisk is the key. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the obelisk. Tonight's guest is Rufus Cat from the Rufus Cat 2 Who's Your Daddy? Who's Your Name? I forget his channel name. Links in the description. Uh, Rufus Cat used to be the host of, co-host of the Conspiracy or Not Here We Come podcast show on YouTube. Was it like four years ago? It was many years ago. Many years ago. Great show. I loved it. I think I was on it once or twice. I don't you, know. We were on both it. on it. Yeah. You got you guys have been on it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. It's good times. It was good times. <laughs> with, the, with Amy. What's up with Amy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm yeah, sorry. Not... Welcome to the show. Hey Aaron. <laughs> hi Niche. <laughs> Jerry, hi, Jerry and Niche. Hello. Hey, and dude. long time no talk. I know it's been a while. It's probably been like two and a half or so years since we chat. In fact, I spoke with Niece. She had me on her boots on the ground interview. Yeah that, yeah. that was like last year or something. Yeah. I don't know the time's moving so fast, but it, it was at least a year ago. It's been, it's been a couple of years since I spoke to Jerry and it's been about a year or so, but it's wonderful. Love, love you guys. Great to be back. We love you too. Thank you for coming yeah, on the show. Definitely. Thank you for being, for being our final guest of season six. That's right. You're wrapping it up. Oh, are you are you kidding me? I'm the final guest for of this, this final sure, of this yeah. season. Did you do you know? I think that I was your first guest. No. You no, weren't. That, you was, weren't. that was that um, was on next Monday. It was James Cruz, and our first guest on this show was um, I want to say it was a cult fan. But you were early on. You were. We had very you so. very, very early on. And then you were in the mix. We had you on um, Knox Fente, and then we had you on the Obelisk. You may have been the first guest on the Obelisk, though. No. Are you sure, Jer? I'm 99.9% .9 sure. I am looking right now. I'm totally not sure. I, I those, We've had so many people. And I... I got a feeling that I was either the first or one of the very first guests that you had on one of your shows. But anyway, Anux Mente, you were in that first wave. Our very first obelisk uh, guest was Ra Castaldo. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Ra. <laughs> yeah. Ra, Ra, Ra. And honestly, Aaron, I do not see you in this list. I don't think you've been on an obelisk. It's the Knox Mente then. Yeah, it's probably Knox. Knox. Yeah, it was. Anyway, it's it's been a while. I'm I, I love you guys. It's been a while. I'm I'm glad to reconnect. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And now Jerry's in Florida, and not by you. That's right. I moved. So let's get through some housekeeping real quick. Yep. I just evicted my tenants yesterday. We had an eviction party. Yay. E yesterday so i have been suffering some intense emotional and financial distress for about five months like intense emotional believable stress like that like, let me explain my mom 
and I share a property side by side. So we're neighbors. Okay. So we're adjacent property. My mom died a year and a half ago and I put tenants in there and they were fine for about six months or so. And it turned into problem after problem after problem after problem after problem. And next thing I know, it's a fucking crack house. Oh my God. That's a nightmare. They, I, I remodeled my mom's house before she died. It was a fresh remodel. The house, at least half of the house was freshly remodeled. And they have fucking destroyed this house. And I'm talking 10 or more thousand dollars worth of damage. And I'm sitting on $10,000 worth of unpaid rent in five months. Oh my God! I'm so sorry to hear all this. Is it just? Was it just? A, yeah, but the good news is, yesterday, the oh, I, this story is long, but and arduous, but I won't burden you with that. Just know this: I was on the sheriff's schedule April twelfth of twenty twenty-four. Wow. Are the, the because heart, that many evictions, or are they just? Well, if you remember, if you remember during COVID, there was a moratorium on evictions. And so then that ended. And guess what? The sheriff is backed up. So when it's my turn and I need eviction, now I go, the the judge says, okay, here's your writ of possession and hand that to the sheriff. And I go to the sheriff's office and they're like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, April 12th is your schedule. And I went, what? My heart sank. Oh, I'm already 10 grand behind. I'm $2,000 into a lawyer. I'm four, th- I'm four months behind on rent, two grand a month. So I'm 8,000 bucks behind on rent. I'm two grand into a lawyer. And the fucking sheriff says, April 12th. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at another six months. What? Man. And I almost broke down in tears in the sheriff's office. He said to me, he said, call us every day. He said, cancellations happen all the time because people bail. You know, they get wind. And and then we get cancellations all the time. He says, call us every day. So me and my brother, who is co-owner, and then the other tenant who rents the apartment, because there's an attached apartment with another tenant mm-hmm. living in the back. All three of us were like, okay, we're going to go shifts. We're going to call the sheriff three times a day. <laughs> so we did. And that went on for many weeks. And my brother and I had reached our wits end and we were planning some shady shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to go into what we were planning, but I'm telling you, <laughs> we were, we were planning on some shady shit because the power was set to go off <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because because there because of the way it was set up, it's like if there's an attached apartment, and we can't separate the utilities, so your rent includes utilities, right? So if you're not paying rent, you're not paying utilities. There you go. So the lawyer told me, don't shut the utilities off, but if the utilities go off due to non-payment, that's a different issue. Uh, right. But right? they're in your name and hit your credit. Well, they were in my mom's name because oh, it beauty. hadn't been switched over yet. Awesome. 
So the utilities were set to go off. We were literally 12 hours away for the utilities to go off. Mm-hmm. The power was set to go off. My brother and I had some shady fucking shit planned. <laughs> and, we're, and we were, we were going to shut off the other utilities, the water. We were going to put padlocks on the gas and the utility boxes. And that was it. But the problem is that we have another tenant. She had to move out because of the shit. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so this put stress not only on me and my family and my brother and his family, but it put stress on innocent people, uh, another tenant who had yeah. nothing to do with this. Yeah. And this was affecting the lives of a lot of people. And I was on my way to the gun shop because I was going <laughs> to buy, I was going to buy like five or six pepper sprays. Hey, Joe, <laughs> brand new, fresh pepper sprays, because me and a bunch of people were planning some shady shit. And I was literally in the truck. I was on the way to the gun shop to buy pepper sprays for this plan. And I was on the phone. I called the sheriff, which I normally do in the morning. It was my shift. I do morning and the other guys do the rest of the day so i called in the morning and god damn if they didn't bump me up to november 28th which was yesterday so all this shit what i'm talking about happened within the last week and <laughs> i'll be goddamn. i was so stressed you couldn't believe jerry i know that you just i know that you went through a, a medical emergency i went through something similar i Every damn night, I swear to God, my stress level was so high, I was having trouble breathing in the evening time. I felt like I was about to have a damn heart attack. And I, I remember forcing myself to breathe normally. Anyway, my stress level was so high. And damn, if the, the, the last second, literally 12 hours before my brother and I had some shit planned, some dark, shady shit, <laughs> 12 hours... Bam, they gave me a fucking bump, and, and, and I, I had to call my brother. I was like, okay, new plan, bro. <laughs> this, we got 11 days. Just sit tight. Sheriff coming. So, bammo happened yesterday, and I am I'm on freaking cloud nine right now. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled. I got my house back. They're out. They're gone. Their shit's on the street. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear this, and it's... It's, I mean, it's just abhorrent and for the worst of reasons to crack. It's not even like they lost their job or something for something right. like crack. It's ridiculous. Well, uh, the story is deeper and longer than that. And I'll spare you because we're here for a different purpose. But I just wanted to get housekeeping out of the way and just let you guys know what I've been through. And this literally happened yesterday and so right now i'm sort of dancing on cloud nine i got my house back and they're fucking gone and my biggest problem right now is what do i do with this pile of shit on the street corner <laughs> <laughs> craigslist free no well i'm uh, i'm gonna give them a couple of days and then we're gonna get a dumpster and we're gonna have to pay people to fucking throw it in the dumpster because there's a lot we had I 20 would, I would Craigslist that first say free had, on the curb and then start up a lawsuit against them. 
literally yesterday we ha I had 25 people staged in my house. I was making bacon and eggs. We had coffee and donuts and we were prepared, bro. We had 25 hands on deck because we were waiting on the sheriff and the sheriff, according to eviction statuses, you get two hours. The sheriff shows up, guns drawn, they clear the house. And then when the house is clear, they turn it over to you and they say, you got two hours to empty this freaking house of all of its contents. So that was the deal. We had 25 people on hand and that happened yesterday. And it was a big deal. It was party day yesterday, boy. It was all day. So, Aaron, like during Henry all Kissinger this time... Henry Kissinger just died? Oh, Nancy's... I'm sorry. Nancy's yeah. just interrupting me. Yeah, no, I was going to announce it. It's like so many celebrations tonight. You got your eviction. Henry Kissinger died. <laughs> last night. I have a question here. Yeah. So... During these months since you were your this house is adjacent, would you see him? Oh yeah, every day. And and what were those interact especially towards the end here when all this was you know building, what were those interactions like? Well, mostly none. Mostly none. Um after okay, this was a this was a five month process. So first I had to give them 60 day notice. And then after that, the court served pink slip, which was from the court, meaning, okay, here we go. And my lawyer kind of screwed me over on that. He, because the property is adjacent, he got the address wrong. He put my address Oh, um, no. <laughs> oh yeah. So the first pink slip came to my house. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh I couldn't fucking believe it. Uh, I it was, can. Um, sadly, I can. But... It, had their it had their name on it, but it was my address. And the person from the court, they're just a delivery person. They don't know shit. So their job is to just, you know, hand over the pink slip. And I called the lawyer. I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'll take care of this right away. And within about six days, the new pink slip showed up next door where it should be. So there's that. Part of it's my fault because I had a lease, six-month lease, and then after that it was month to month. So when it came time for eviction, the lawyer said, well, since you don't have a lease, we have to give them 60 days instead of 30 days. Because it's called at will or at will lease or at will rent. And um, so I had to give them an extra 30 days. So this whole thing could have been over 45 days sooner, maybe, if A, I had a proper lease and B, my lawyer didn't screw me over for six or seven days because of his stupid mistake. There was another mistake from the lawyer that involved the other tenant because there's an attached apartment. And when we were at the sheriff's office handing over the writ and getting our schedule, the sheriff said, uh, everything's got to go. 
And we were like, yeah, there's a tenant in the back uh, attached to, and sheriff said, I don't care. This is, this is not distinguished and it's not delineated and there's nothing separating. This is an address. Oh dear. That means, that means everything. And I was like, oh my God. Oh crap. <laughs> More drama. So now my other tenant has to vacate for the, for the eviction process. That's terrible. Now we got a little bit lucky. The sheriffs, when they finally showed up, they understood the situation and they were like, yeah, okay. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And they gave us a pass on a bunch of stuff. Cause I was there with my brother and my uncle, who was my, my mom's sister, my mom's brother anyway. Um, so he was also the executor of the will. But so we had like all kind of family members that were on site saying, yes, this is ours. This is theirs. This is ours. This is theirs. Yes, this is theirs. And the other tenants, that's their stuff. And they're not part of this. And so the sheriffs, when they showed up to do the eviction, the quote ejection, they were quite accommodating to our needs in terms of what's ours and what's theirs and the other tenants. They were it was it was pretty smooth. It went pretty smooth. But all in all, end of the story, um, I got my house back and these crackheads are fucking gone. It's, it's just that the front of my mom's house has a gigantic pile of personal shit that needs to go into a fucking dumpster in about a day or two. Anything was, good? Was, <laughs> pile? I know, really. What, did you know these people at all? Like, what? How did you even come to rent to them? Well... I'm a contractor. I do flooring mostly. And I had done work for a guy for roughly 17 or 18 years. And he had used me again and again and again and again and again and again. He was the maintenance man for a corporation who uh, they were like a, uh, like a copy machine repair shop. It was a big, big shop. And they had, you know, copiers and computers and in and out being repaired and fixed and sold. And it was a big shop. It was a giant building and he was the maintenance guy for the building. And they were constantly remodeling and fixing up offices. And he would call me to come in and put carpet for years and years and years. For 17 years, I've known this guy. And we had become friends and I had invited him to my house for parties my brother's house for Halloween parties. He's been out for several parties and we had become friends. And when my mom passed away, he was one of the only very few people who would show up because I needed help. My mom passed away and I needed to freshen up and clean up, get rid of her stuff and deal with her stuff and then paint and carpet and get it ready to do something, sell or rent or whatever. And he was one of the very few people who showed up and gave me, you know, his personal time and helped me. And he was a friend. And he was like, you know what? I know my wife, her daughter and her boyfriend, they, they're looking for a house right now. I was like, oh, really? And to me, it was like a godsend. It was like, God damn. I just went through the stress of losing my mom and hardly any help cleaning up the house and holy crap, I don't have to go through the process of 
advertising and interviewing and vetting people to rent. I got yeah. Steve. I know this guy and it's his family. It's his wife's or spouse's daughter. I'm like, okay, great. Let's go. And the next thing I know, I got fucking renters. And it turns out they're the fucking worst goddamn crackheads you can imagine. And so I'm imagining that Steve did not realize that his daughter and he his... knew that they had problems. He he was like, yeah, they've had some alcohol and drug problems. Oh, dear. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that they were going to fuck me out of four or five months worth of rent and destroy my house with crackheads. And I swear to God, vagrants, homeless people there. There was there was as many as eight to ten people in that house at any given moment. Oh. I tell you what, my fucking water bill next door was one hundred and twenty seven dollars one month. It was one hundred and seven dollars last month. The water bill. Man, how many people does it take to flush toilets, take showers and wash clothes to earn one hundred and seven or one hundred and twenty seven dollars worth? Anyway, that's what I've been dealing with. <laughs> I'm so glad it's over now. And now you've just got to get out of the hole. Yeah. So that was yesterday. That's what I'm I'm reveling in. Yeah. The, the little wins. Sauce, the sauce of of yesterday's events. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. This is good timing because we have a happy errand tonight. Oh, you do. I was under, I almost, I almost thought to cancel because I was under such stress. You guys couldn't believe like 11 days ago, because we had scheduled this almost a month ago and it wasn't until 11 days ago that I get wind that they bumped me up. They were able, they had a cancellation and they were able to see me at, November 28th. Otherwise, I was looking at April 12th, and my stress level was so high, you guys can't imagine. Can't imagine. It, well, I'm glad you're all right, and I'm glad it, you know, who knows how, you know, having that kind of stress, though, has probably torn you up a little bit. I'm not joking. They turned this into a crack house. I mean, I got five busted windows. I had to board up the front door and two or three windows had to be boarded up. I never understand what, what these people are doing. I've never done crack, so I don't know really. Well, I don't know if it was meth or fentanyl or what the hell they were on, but this was a drug house. It was full of vagrants and Jesus. I would really like to get off of this subject. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> So Kissinger died today. Yeah. How about that? There's more good news in the world. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. And, and my favorite meme got updated appropriately. Yeah. I don't I don't You don't have to fill us in, Jerry. I'm I'm working on it. Momentito. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Did uh, was that a screen share so everyone could see it? No, 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 no. no there's no screen shares, not on this podcast. Nope. Well, if it's if that was the Grim Reaper using one of those uh, what what do you call it the uh, the 
the arm. A claw, a claw game. I, I, it's an the old claw meme. Arm. <laughs> I've talked about it before. <clears throat> Whenever somebody high, <laughs> high profile dies, somebody updates this meme and goes, God damn it, I wanted Kissinger. Or it said, like, you know, Betty White, I wanted Kissinger. Or <laughs> I, I can't think of anyone else who died recently, but <clears throat> it was always on. You know, oh my, not this person. I wanted Henry Kissinger. <laughs> and this is this has been updated with finally got Kissinger. I put the link in in chat, and uh, I don't know if everyone can see it. Yeah, good they can. Um, and it's got Kissinger on like in in the claw. It's hilarious. And there's confetti. That's, that's well. Let's see. We lost. Let's see. In the last couple, two or three years, we lost George Bush Sr. Yep. Rosalind uh, Carter. We just, oh, you know what? Uh, we're going to lose Jimmy. Nancy, yeah. my yeah, wife, yeah, yeah. Nancy, and I, we've been talking about this. It's like, okay, we're going to lose Jimmy in the next couple of days. Within six months, guaranteed. Well, he they came out. I was surprised we're, that Rosalind went first because they announced he had whatever's cancer or he had a bunch of shit remember he had like brain cancer and then he yeah. had something else and that's why i was surprised to see Rosalind go first yeah he's in hospice and he, they got him out of hospice to attend the funeral right i'm gonna tell you uh, nancy and i got bets on we're gonna lose jimmy in the next couple of days in the next week he wanted nancy says he wanted to wait he he didn't want to go before her that's not my wife's, you know, statement. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to dominate the news for the next month. <laughs> we got Rosalind and then we're going to lose Jimmy. And then I said, oh, my God, I wonder if Jimmy Carter's procession is going to be bigger than Ronald Reagan's. Remember how big that was? No. Yeah, that was massive. When Ronald Reagan died, his, his funeral procession was the biggest on record. Yeah. I was a Democrat back then, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> I'm betting that because he was Ronald Reagan was kind of a terrible president, but he was well liked. He he was like a Donald Trump of his era. And he did a couple of good things, but he was well liked. But politically, he was terrible. But on the other hand, you could say, well, they tried to kill him. They shot him. They tried to assassinate him because he wasn't going along with the plan. And you can you can make that argument. So maybe he was a good president. But his procession, he was well liked. That's what I'm gauging right now on. Not how good of a president he was. Jimmy Carter was not a great president, but after he was left office, he did a lot of great stuff, humanitarian stuff, and he was he gained a lot of popularity on his humanitarian work after office. Yeah. So oh I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. So I'm, I'm betting that when Carter goes, his procession is going to be as big or bigger than Reagan. That's just my guess. I always liked Jimmy Carter, and I mean, I was too young to understand. The politics game, but I I don't know. I loved that. His accent was familiar, and I don't know. I just always liked him, but I did hear the adults bickering about him. I do remember that. Got to watch some of the uh, All in the Family from the, the Carter era. 
Oh my God, I was just oh seeing some of that. That commentary <laughs> is hilarious about Carter. That show was hilarious. It's been like making uh, rounds here and there again. And uh, I actually sat down and watched an episode and was rolling over laughing. I could not believe it. That era. Yeah, it's crazy. And and it's, I mean, there's nothing offensive in it, really. It's it's social commentary. That's all it is. Um, oh, did, it could not even five minutes of that air today. No, not even no, 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 five no, no. minutes. Well, no, yeah. it would tr trigger too many people. Do well, you know same that, with Sanford and You guys continue jabbering. Give me two minutes. I'll be right back. All right. Get that leak. Did you know, Nish, that uh, Archie in that show was age 48 and Edith was 44? That is shocking to me because they always <laughs> seemed ancient. And then looking at it just recently, I'm like, whoa. You know, it is different in the different eras of uh, yes. age for sure. I mean, I remember seeing it's like women would get to a certain point and they'd just cut their hair off and get a poodle perm. And they were like instant old. Do you remember that, Jer? The poodle uh, perms, the short poodle perms that women would get and then move into old age with the short poodle perm? Vaguely. That wasn't you're, really... You're older than me. Not that much. Um, well, enough that it should definitely not be something that you don't remember. I, I remember some people getting it, but I don't know anyone that did get it. Um, the The people that hung around with my parents, the older women were not poor i don't know they 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 got nice hairstyles and I these didn't. were nice hair i i came from an upper middle class background and these were not poor people either it the, was just the, something oh, the only people these, I could but think they're of, irish that was the difference maybe it was around a lot of irish i, I was, was around, irish i was around ton irish too the only people that i know that got that kind of haircut and then went gray were nuns uh, oh, what are we talking about now? Haircuts. The poodle perm, like there was a point when like women back in the 60s and 70s, they would get to like a certain point and then they'd cut their hair off and get a poodle perm. And Jerry just didn't have that around. But I remember that so distinctly. The poodle perm was a thing. It was a stylist uh, fashion. Maybe I should look up what the hell a poodle perm is before I say that. It's just short hair with a tight perm, and it was like something you got at a... At a oh, I used to get those. My, to I, I had those. You had a poodle uh, perm? I think... Had... What was her name? Uh, not Ward. That was the guy. The Cleaver family. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I, I can't... June Cleaver. Well, June. It was June Cleaver. Yeah. Yeah, think June Cleaver. That's the, the poodle perm. It, it was it was like a thing. It was, and then there were you know I mean there were always did it right, women. But, yeah, didn't have yeah, a perm. If you, did, if you did it right and you were a good looking woman, then you could pull it off. So so we're not talking about like a super curly perm. No yeah, tight tight curls. Tight poodle curls. perm. Poodle perm. Poodle perm. Nineteen seventies. Yeah, just short hair, curly on the bottom. You know, no wavy on the top. That's a poodle perm. 
there is there's several if you go poodle perm 1970s and yeah so there's there's a lot of it and so yeah everyone had that haircut but it was real like the women that were becoming a little more advanced in age would keep it very very short and it was a thing it was definitely a thing. I mean, I remember all the ladies getting it. And my grandmother didn't, she had a poodle perm, but she had it bouffanted. Mm. So it was like a fancy bouffant, but the poodle perm was what facilitated it. And she would wear like a silk uh, thing over her head to not mess her bouffant up. Yeah, I only know one person like my age at that time who had it. I, I only anyway. knew that older people had that. How did we get onto the subject? We're talking about Archie and Edith. Archie. Oh, right. And so, so right. Did, and did, so did that Edith they were 48. Ha- they were like 48. And, and we're talking about the difference right. of what that looked like in the 1970s as it does now. So, the bunkers. Yeah. And she had a poodle perm. Well, Edith had a, just a, the short, the yeah. short yeah, yeah, yeah. haircut that women just started to get, and I don't know what it was. And so it wasn't for me visually as a little kid in the seventies. It was it was a shocking thing because you had everyone that was growing out their hair. So we, you know, all the girls had long hair. And maybe the some adults had you know feathered back longer hair, but they would get. It would be like a point, and then they would get that short hair, and you'd have like an Edith look. And then, at, you know, whatever, 48, you have Edith looking like grandma, but 48 is not old, as we know, no. because we're both, we're all here. Right. So, Nish is range. correct. Nish is correct. And that's the thing is that, that we look different than we did in the 70s. Like our generation does not look like, the generation that was in this age range in the seventies in a big way, in a very big way. Oh, wow. Wilford Brimley was 49 when they filmed cocoon. Oh my God. Wilford Brimley was 49. He was silver haired. I know. He looked like a little old man. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. It's so interesting to look, to look back and see how that looked just in the seventies and eighties. It's interesting that less people, like I don't dye my hair and my hair is not all completely gray yet. And I'm almost 60, I'm two years away from being 60. So a year, year and a half. Um, maybe people just went grayer more quickly back then. I don't know. Well, uh, I don't know. You know it, seemed, it seemed like yeah. a lot of people were dyeing their hair then too. You, you know, know what? Jim. It's so funny, Aaron. It sounds like you're doing lines. <laughs> He's got the sniffles. Oh, oh! You know what? Um, Talk about the my, '80s. <laughs> I'm actually dealing with a little bit of a head cold, got the and cough. I, I just took a shot of uh, what is it? Uh, the the sinus, um, yeah, spray, Sinex or whatever. Yeah, it's a holy crap. Use this the stuff decongestant. The I use it too. I like it. Afrin. 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 Yeah. Just a little something to open up my sinuses. 
Yeah, so I just took a shot of Afrin. So, no, I'm not but doing it's lines. It's still funny, Aaron. <laughs> We're talking about 70s and 80s, and you're snorting in the background. And I'm going, I wonder <laughs> if you could somehow <laughs> atomize. I wonder if you could somehow atomize cocaine into one of those pump uh, devices like that. And just go, <laughs> just do that and, like, well, be a great cover. I bet that, was, <laughs> I bet someone has thought of that. You could label it Coca Cola. <laughs> well, I remember. Well, you all lived in the. You're all Southern at this point. So, goodie powders are they still around over there? Yeah, we do have goodie powders down here still. Down here, I in the love South. goodie powders. I remember my. It's mom, like it's like a ground up aspirin. It's like you would get like, from the. It's like the taking an aspirin but chewing it up. You right, I mean? and that's how you would. That was how you got it in the 1800s, just like that. And um, I remember one time now my mom loved her cocaine and um, she got she got pulled over and um, I, she had a little something, something on her nose. And she is the South. And she said, he's like, what's that on your nose, ma'am? I'm in the car. And she's like, oh, it's a goodie powder. Do you have a headache? And she totally turned it on him. But only in the South, right? Only in the South because goodie powders are a thing there. And so you say goodie powders and a lot of times people don't know what you're talking about. Right. Well, if you're not from the South, then you don't know what goodie powder is. I love uh, That's the only astronaut I would it's... take, baby. <laughs> I knew a dude who, I know a guy. Oh, yeah, he's dead too. Brian. Oh, he's dead too. Well, oh, maybe so, we don't use him as an example. No, no, no. I used to play, no, no, no. He had uh, he got some weird disease. Um, it was a guy I played uh, poker with every every week. Uh, Brian Peace was his name. P E A C E, which was a cool name, and he was a super cool guy, really awesome guy. And whenever he had a headache, he would take that that powder stuff. Um, yeah, and he died of like uh, some kind of kidney disease or blood disease. I don't remember. And I didn't even hear about it until like two years after he died. But well, yeah. speaking of dying of diseases, how about we get into the topic? <laughs> yeah, it's only been a half hour. Oh, we have a yeah. topic tonight. We do. Oh, we do, and I'm I'm about to blow the lid. So I I know you guys sometimes do like two of our interviews. So I'm here for the long haul, and I'm I'm ready to go. Go as, go as long as you want. I don't have to eat now. Well, I have to eat, but. Let's get this. Let's get this party started. Light this oh. candle. Okay, so the first thing I want to tell you guys, and now that we have a good audience, so it's been thirty minutes. Everybody should be here. The first thing that everybody should know is that you don't have an immune system. That is a falsehood. I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but I can prove it. First of all, and you can look this up, there is no scientist, no biologist that would disagree with what I'm about to say. There are 10 bacteria for every single cell in the human body. And there's something like a couple of trillion cells that makes up a human body. So there are 10 bacteria for every single cell that makes up a human being. It's 10 to 1. There are bacteria in your blood, in your kidneys, in every organ, in every tissue. So if you had an immune system, wouldn't that immune system 
be on constant attack mode for all of these foreign bodies, these bacteria that live in all of our tissues. Maybe. It would seem it would seem logical that if you had an immune system that is designed to attack foreign bodies, that you would be on constant attack mode. Because I can tell you right now, if I swab your throat or Nisha's throat or my throat or 99% of anybody's throat, roughly 98%, 99% of every human being, I could swab your throat and I could find tuberculosis. I can find trigonosis. I can find staphylococcus, streptococcus. Those bacteria live in your throat right now. Deadly diseases, deadly bacteria live in your throat right now. 99% of people walking around have these, all of them, all not, not one, all of them. We all have them. So if I had an immune system, how come I have streptococcus in my throat right now? How come I don't have a high white blood cell count, T cell count? How come my immune system isn't going crazy trying to eliminate this deadly bacteria? How come? How come I don't suffer tuberculosis or staphylococcus? How come I don't have a staph infection? How come you can swab my throat at any given moment and find these bacteria and I'm not suffering from any of these illnesses? How come? Go can, ahead. I, can I answer? <laughs> yeah. The story that we're told, we're told that the viral load has to be to a certain point. Or the, well, the, this isn't the, virus. We're talking bacteria, about bacteria. The bacterial, we even, the bacterial we load. Even, the load of the pathogen has to be at a certain level before your body will succumb to it, essentially. Okay. Great. I'm glad you brought that up. So let me move on to the next segment of understanding. So I have a couple of questions for you guys, and this is going to lead to a point that I'm going to make. So answer my questions, and then I'll make my point. Question number one, where do we get alcohol? Fermentation. Uh, that's a process. Where do we get alcohol? It depends from depends. distilling. Grain or potatoes. Distilling or... grain or potatoes, yeah. Distillation whatever. is a process. Where do we get alcohol? From from sugar. yeast, yeast converts a sugar into alcohol. Yeast, what is yeast? It's a bacteria. Yeah. Converts sugar into alcohol. It's an organism, I wouldn't call it bacteria. Okay, so yeast is an organism, it's a bacteria. It, through metabolism, mm -hmm. it metabolizes sugar, mm -hmm. that's its food source. Right, So yeast eats sugar, and when, when you eat something, you have to poop, right? Right. Everything that eats has to excrete, right? Yep. If you eat something, you have to excrete. Yep. Just like if you breathe, you have to exhale. You have to respire. Mm -hmm. We be pooping. <laughs> so those, those are the qualifications to be alive. You, 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 you metabolize and you respire. You eat, you excrete, you breathe, right? Those are the three or four qualifications to qualify you to being a living thing. You eat, 
you excrete, and you respire. But the excretions need not be solid waste. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. No, they can be molecules. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeast love sugar. That's their food source. Yep. Yeast eats sugar. It metabolizes sugar. And through that process, yeast has to take a poop. Yep. And when yeast takes a shit, what does yeast produce as a waste product? CO2. Um, a, a chemical molecule that we call alcohol. Mm-hmm. And CO2. Uh, maybe some CO2. I don't know about that. All I know is yeast eats sugar and it poops alcohol. And then we, we distill the alcohol from, from that. But we need yeast to eat sugar and it metabolizes the sugar. And it's waste product. When yeast takes a shit, yeast produces a chemical molecule that we call alcohol. Right? Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? Yep. Okay. We can agree that alcohol is a toxin. You have too much alcohol, you can die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Alcohol is a toxin. Okay. So question number two, where do we get vinegar? Spoiled wine. It's fermentation as well. You're doing the same thing. You're talking about processes. I'm making some right now in my cabinet. So, what? What do you? At what level? Where do you get vinegar? It's it's from the yeast. The wine's fermented. It's bacteria shit. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the short fermentation. The short and skinny of the story is bacteria shit. Okay. So yeast eat sugar. They produce alcohol. Other types of bacteria like other types of food, and they produce vinegar. You piss in a cup, and you leave that cup sit out in a room temperature for a couple of days, and you're going to smell some ammonia and some vinegar. Which is the leads me to my third question. Where do we get ammonia? Same freaking place. I'll just spare you the time. It's bacteria shit. I don't the chemical like that we... The chemical that we call ammonia is a is a waste product of bacteria. It's distilled bacteria shit. That's the short and skinny. Okay. So. So al- alcohol, vinegar, ammonia. Those are the easy ones to understand. When you understand that it takes a certain species of bacteria to produce alcohol, a certain species of bacteria to produce vinegar, and a different species to produce ammonia. And it takes a specific species of bacteria to produce these chemicals that are basically toxins. Now, vinegar is delicious, but if too much vinegar is acidic and it can cause you to go into acidosis and you can suffer chronic illness and die. Alcohol will fucking kill you. Too much alcohol will kill you. Uh, nobody enjoys ammonia as not even as a recreational. <laughs> That's why it's smelling salts. Ammonia <laughs> is crazy. But the point is these are easy to understand and the bottom line is this is basically the byproduct of bacterial uh, metabolism. Bacteria eat their food and they have to take a dump. And when they take a crap, they produce products that we call alcohol, vinegar, and ammonia. That's easy to understand. Got it. Now, now let's get to the, the root of the problem here. 
those are three different species of bacteria that produce three different products. There are hundreds of thousands of species of bacteria. Every organ, every tissue of your body, there are 10 bacteria for every cell in your body. There are bacteria in your blood, in your kidneys, every organ, on your skin, in your skin. Of course, we know about the gut bacteria, the gut biome. Mm -hmm. But you can simply you simply can't live without them. You can't produce vitamin A. You can't produce vitamin K. There are certain minerals and vitamins that you need to survive, like vitamin C. We're one of the only mammals on Earth. We are the only it mammal on Earth C, yeah. that cannot produce its own vitamin C. So we rely on bacteria to do that. Those or you rely on like hunter-gatherer if you're eating fruit. If you're eating vitamin C straight, or if you're, if you're smart enough, you drink some, you know, uh, what's it, uh, um, pine needle tea. Yeah. You know what that just reminded me of? The, the fact that we can't produce vitamin C reminds me of the lysine cont uh, contingent from Jurassic Park, if you remember that. <laughs> they specifically stripped the, the clones of the pr ability to produce lysine so they could be killed at any time something like that like that's what the anunnaki did to us all right i'll shut up <laughs> i don't you know i i can't i can't build off of that i don't i'm familiar with the movie but i don't remember that specific aspect it was in the book so I, it wasn't in the movie oh okay and it was just a lame attempt at, at humor i apologize so do you you guys remember how this whole thing started right there were videos come out of China. There were yep. people dropping dead in the street, right? So, Jerry, you're old enough. You should know. Niche, I don't know what you know, partly because I don't know how old you are and partly because you're female. But what I'm talking about is uh, ROTC or military service. Mm -hmm. So when you stand at attention, they tell you don't lock your knees, Right? Okay. Jerry? I have no idea. Do you know this? No. Oh, you don't know? Oh, so they tell you don't lock your knees. Okay. In other words, don't don't click your knees backwards all the way to where they, to where they lock. Right. I know like when I've been doing like skiing and stuff, you keep your knees loose. Right. So when you're standing at attention, like if you're a, a groomsman at a wedding, they tell you, don't lock your knees. And there are many, 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 many. It's easy to find. Just Google it. Just YouTube it. People passing out, groomsmen passing out at a, at a wedding. It's because you're standing at attention with your knees locked and it cuts off the circulation and you will fucking pass out. That's a phenomenon. It's well known. The military knows it. People who do weddings, they know it. And they tell you. And you can easily YouTube people passing out at weddings or in military when they're standing at attention. Because if you're stupid and you lock your knees and you're standing at attention for too long and you lock your knees for too long, it cuts off circulation to the lower half of your body and you will fucking pass out. No joke. This is not a conspiracy. Look it up. That's a thing. You will literally just fucking pass out and fall down. Also... You could also Google or YouTube 
uh, people in Russia, China, wherever, uh, just, you know, CCTV camera footage of drunk people passing out in the street. Just people standing there waiting for a bus and pass out, blam, fall down. Okay, so the reason I asked the question is, how do we know about this whole phenomenon of the, the corona? It was videos out of China, it was people passing out in the street. Right? So, okay, so you show me a video of someone passing out. So I'm watching a video, and what do I know? So this is basic epistemology. How do I know what I know? So I see a video, guy falls down. You tell me he's dead. Okay, I have to take your word for it, because I don't know if he's dead. Right. I didn't check. And then you tell me why he's dead. You say he's dead because of a virus. Okay, I got to take your word for that too. So that's two strikes. And now we're talking about China. So my big question is, when did we start trusting China? I don't trust when? anything these days. 1972? So China, <laughs> China for sure. Nixon? Okay, so this whole thing kicked off because China put out videos of people falling down in the streets. Yeah. Just look it up. Google you're Russia. Right, you're right. You're right. People, people, they just pass out and fall down. I could show you a video of people in Russia. Oh, there's a new Russia virus. Look at the people dropping dead in the streets. I could make this up out of whole cloth. So there's step number one. Epistemology. How do you know? You don't. <coughs> Pardon me. You don't know. You simply don't know. And what we're doing is we're, we're relying on the word of China. China, China, China. Okay, so, okay, here's step number two. CDC protocols were absolutely demolished. Because if you recall, what was it, January, February of 2020, when the news headlines on the, the mainstream media news channels oh there's a airplane landed from china and uh we're we got that one of those guns one of those heat guns the temperature guns we're, we're hitting them in the forehead we're checking your temperature as they get off the plane oh you're good okay bye okay you're good okay bye okay you're good okay bye oh i'm sorry stop uh you're a little bit sir uh his he's a little bit high here what do you do now I mean, CDC protocol, we're talking about a quote-unquote infectious virus. And now you just discovered a person on a plane whose temperature is elevated. And now you suspect that he's infected. And he was on a fucking plane, a tube, an encapsulated air, you know, what's a uh, uh, hermetically sealed... A fucking tube. It's, it's not hermetically sealed. I know that they have a little bit of fresh air in yeah, and out. Yeah. But it's still pressurized. Yes. Yeah. I mean, CDC protocol should have quarantined the whole plane until everyone was checked. That right. would, have, would have been okay. the proper protocol. But then... Thank you. That's my point. Yeah. So the plane should have landed on the tarmac yes. and buses should have rolled up. And everybody, including the pilot... And including the co-pilot and the 
crew and the staff and the waitresses, everybody gets on the buses and everybody goes to quarantine, including the bus drivers mm-hmm. and the buses. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody goes into fucking quarantine. If you suspect, if that's your suspicion, then that's your protocol. Right. Everything goes into quarantine. But no, they didn't do that. They had those little temperature guns. Oh, you're good. Okay, bye. Oh, you're good. Okay, bye. Go into the terminal. Okay, you're good. Bye. Go into the terminal and mingle. Go. Okay, you're good. Oh, oh, oh. Stop. You're you're, you're a little bit high. Uh oh, st- sir. What do I do? His temperature's hot. Uh oh. This guy was on the plane with all those people that just turned loose. Uh oh. So CDC protocol was totally broken, right? So that was my first clue. So literally on day two or three, I knew this was bogus. So what about the hypocrisy? What about all of our leaders? They have the inside scoop. They have the highest paid, best informed experts. And what are they doing? They're going running around without masks. They're going to dinner without masks. They're meeting with their mistresses without masks. All of our world leaders, all of them have been caught. We, we got all kind of footage. Oh, they're behind the scenes. Oh, put your mask on, walk out on stage. Okay, then take your mask off and, and give your lecture. Right? I mean, I got, I got foot. Do you, do you remember the absurdity? How absurd this shit got? Do you remember the footage of the high school prom where they were, they were dancing back to back and they locked their yes. elbows. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the band with the masks with the hole in it for the, for the mouth? Oh, the band. Oh, the band that were inside yeah. of those little tiny tents, the yeah. one man tent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was ridiculous. What went, what went on was pure hysteria. I don't think you're going to get about, an argument. From all. How about, how about you can, you can walk on the beach and you can jog but you, you can jog swim. on but you can't sit on the beach can't swim on the beach you can't sit or swim or surf but you can jog on the beach you can walk on the beach you can get your exercise but you can't surf that's not exercise you can't sit how about how about people in england that were arrested for sitting on park benches in the middle of fucking nowhere i know, I know. it was ridiculous okay is that about your health is that about spreading a virus no. While simultaneously our leaders are engaging, they're meeting their mistresses, right? All the hypocrisy that our leaders are caught mask off, mask off, mask off. Mm-hmm. The hypocrisy is off the chains. So, I mean, if the world leaders are telling you and they have the inside scoop and yet you catch them not behaving in that manner, then you know that they know. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Okay. So what about the testing fraud? Oh, that's enormous. Major. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the videos. How about the fact that the, if we're going to talk about testing... The, the German guy who came up with the PCR test did it without the actual sequence that's, of the virus. That's Christian Drosden. Drosden, right, right, right. That's the Christian Drosden paper. Yeah. yeah. So that, that whole PCR test came out. They with, literally said in the paper, we didn't actually have a virus to work with. Yes. 
So it was a guesstimate. And then it was a test that's not designed for diagnostic purposes, was used incorrectly. To you can find anything you want with a PCR test, depending on how many cycles you run through it. Right. You, so you remember the photo of, of you remember the photo of Bill Gates with the with with the stack of books, and one of the books says yes, how I was, was statistics. <laughs> that's that's the PCR test in a nutshell. Pretty much, and and, <laughs> and, and the clinical trials for these <laughs> for these interventions as well. I'm sure you're going to get into the absolute risk reduction. and I don't know if you're going to get into that. Probably not, but whatever. I might get into the absolute the, the Well, it's a versus risk. absolute. Yeah. Yeah, the difference between absolute risk and actual risk. Relative. Or, or relative. Relative and actual. Yeah. There's a big difference. Huge. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, like 100% difference. But I wanted to move on to learning yeah. to speak Latin. Yeah. Because a lot of this has, it really pivots on this aspect of the scientific community using this jargon words, Latin. So the average person is not going to read scientific papers. And if you try to present them with anything that comes from the scientific papers, the jargon is so laden with language that's made from straight out of Latin that if you don't learn to speak a little bit of Latin and understand how words are formed the epist- not, not the epistemology the etymology of how words are created and formed prefixes and suffixes those kind of things I had to learn a little bit of Latin like I'll give you an example when you're reading a scientific paper and they're saying, okay, the isolation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, um, we used uh, Vero cell line XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Well, what the fuck is a Vero cell line? Who the fuck, who knows what a Vero cell is? Does anybody, do you know? Isn't it a kidney cell? Monkey kidneys? It is a, it's, it is a monkey kidney cell vero is monkey kidney yeah mek so so now my next question before you unmute yourself my next question is what's what is in vitro what does that mean in vitro means that it's tested in a petri dish or a similar situation it's opposed to what does in vivo mean in vivo means in a person so if they extracted Cells or grew cells in a person, they would extract it. It would have grown. What does in silico mean? It was built in a computer. Thank you, Jerry. You are my favorite person (laughs) today. Thank you for knowing the answer to those questions because those are Latin words. Vero. Oh, we're using Vero cells. Oh, that means monkey kidney. Mm -hmm. In vitro, in vivo, in silico. So you got to learn all these weird freaking Latin spooky language spell casting words. You got spell casting, right? That's totally 100%, 1000% true. Yeah. I, I, I took Latin in high school, so I was, uh, <laughs> I was okay there. But no, I, I, I've known this stuff for a while. Yeah, it's, it's Latin is the language of quote-unquote medicine. So what is 
Itis mean? Uh, once a day? Itis. Is that like one time per day or once a day? Am I thinking of the right thing? No, it's inflammation. Oh, okay. All right. So no, I don't know that. If I have cellulitis. Oh, itis. It, I'm sorry. Itis. I think it's I-D-I-S. Itis. Oh, oh, itis. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, itis is itis. inflammation. Um, there's like hepatitis, high... cellulitis, you know, myocarditis, myocarditis is inflammation of the heart. Yep, yeah. Yep. It's all inflammation. Those are, those are inflammations. So itis is, means inflammation. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn Latin. You have to learn the prefixes and the suffixes. Mm -hmm. You have to learn basically Latin in order to understand yeah. reading these words and this, this jargon yep. and there are, that's in these scientific There are Latin names for every part of your body that can have a right. uh, symptom. Right, 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 right. My so, first dictionary um, was Latin when I was little. Yeah, that's why people wonder why you have a word name for your bones, tibia, fibia, femur. They're all Latin words. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's an entire field of, Ooh, Jerry, of, you said of medical science. <laughs> oh crap, it just left it just left my brain. What's it called? Um Sorry, Aaron. Phrenology? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's ne nephrology. Oh, nephrology. Yeah, that's um, <clears> the <throat> uh, kidney. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, Jerry, good job. <laughs> Great, fantastic. Yes, sir. Nephrology is the study of kidneys or kidney cells or kidney tissue. Mm -hmm. So when you do a cell culture, we're using monkey kidney, mm -hmm. and then we use antibiotics like amphotericin and gentamicin, which are nephrotoxins, <laughs> okay? These are known nephrotoxins. They're specifically toxic to the kidney cells, and we're using kidney cells in our cell culture. Wait, wait, are you going down the isolation route here? Yeah, okay, I'm, kind of, okay. I'm jumping okay. ahead. I'm jumping ahead. No, it's fine. I, I know exactly where you're going, and you're you're 1,000% right, because, yeah, but go ahead. I, I won't interrupt you. Anyway. Well, it's bizarre that on one hand, we have a um, a human lung respiratory infectious agent. Mm -hmm. We have a quote-unquote, I'll call it a walrus. I'll try to keep my language so the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> Hobo code in place. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a, we got a walrus that is specifically interested in human lung tissue. That's why it's a respiratory illness, mm -hmm. right? Allegedly. And how? And allegedly. And how do we? How do we culture? Do we use? Because, because trust me, we got, we got fetal, we got human fetal tissue. We got lung tissue, kidney tissue, heart tissue, any freaking tissue you want. We got. There's no question that we got it. If you want to culture something in a human lung tissue, we got that. We got people who donate their bodies. We got people who have, you know, aborted fetuses. We got the tissue. You want it, we got it. But what do you want to do? You want to cultivate a human lung virus, sorry, walrus, in what are you going to use? Oh, that's right, a monkey kidney. So it's not even a human, and it's not even a lung. How 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 does this pass the smell test? 
Stinky. It, it doesn't. None of it made sense. None of what went on made sense or was in any way scientific. It was it made all sense driven. In the woo. It was all driven by emotion. This and, is where you, ch- you and plug some and play the woo. Hidden agenda of control. So we're gonna. So we're gonna. I'm a. I'm a virologist, and I'm gonna cultivate this human lung virus. And what I'm gonna use is oh, not human lung tissue, but I'm gonna use a, a, a different organ. I'm gonna use kidney. And oh, I'm not gonna use human. I'm gonna use a different animal. How about monkey? <laughs> What about that? What about it's a how, bat? It's how far removed from reality have we gotten already? It's fucking pseudoscience. We aren't even dealing in reality anymore. We're in the uncanny valley. So I'm going to prove that you have a human lung virus by cultivating monkey kidney. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm sure they have a an excellent explanation of why they do (laughs) (laughs) well well, they do and it comes from john enders in 1954 Mm. thank you very much because thanks to john enders who's the guy who created the process of using monkey kidney it was that guy this is all thanks to john enders who by the way i should mention game who, by the way, I should mention, is the only guy in history, apart from Stefan Lanka, yes. just two years ago, mm-hmm. John Enders is the only guy in history, apart from Stefan Lanka, John Enders is the only guy who ever decided to, you know what, maybe we do a fucking control study. How about we try this study without adding, you know, Right. contaminants or inoculating with virus and oh i'll be damned what did i find oh in his writing he said and i quote the particles are indistinguishable the cytopathic effect is the same the particles are indistinguishable and i didn't add anything that should have had any kind of virus so that should have been the end of virology right then and there, blammo. That should have been the fucking end of it. That should have been the absolute end of virology. And I swear to God, I swear to God, you guys, nope, there's no, no one since then has tried. No one has done the control study. There is no paper that has published no published paper since then, not one, has shown this control study until about two years ago, Stefan Lanka actually did the control study and he inoculated a cell culture with yeast, not a, not a bronchial lavage fluid from a sick patient. He used yeast. And you know what he got? He got the same genetic sequence as the SARS-CoV-2. Blammo. Congratulations. Fraud exposed. Done. He used yeast. He didn't, in, he didn't inoculate his subculture with anything from anyone who might even been sick. He used yeast. And then when he did a genome sequence, he got the same fucking SARS-CoV-2 genome. Done. 
Blammo. Done. How did he know that he got the SARS-CoV-2 genome since it hasn't been isolated? Well, he <laughs> See, that's Thank a you, great question. That's a really that's a really great question. And the only thing the the only answer I can come up with, and I don't know for sure, is that the the sequence that he got matched a sequence that was in the data bank okay. that was listed as a SARS CoV two variant. And that's the one sequence Because that... there's like four hundred and thirty five thousand variants. Yes, right. And 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 the, those actual sequences have been deleted from whatever website they were on. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah. Oh, I I didn't know that. I, I didn't they know were that. Over at the NIH. They were NIH the or database. WHO or it was some sequence yeah. database, and they've all been deleted or, yeah. or made private or something. I I just know they're no longer publicly available. I did not know that. Yeah, they're covering wow. tracks. They're covering tracks up real good. So let's move on to the fact that we were told that the mainstream media, and I, I got notes, I got lots of bullet point notes, and I, I might be jumping around back and forth a little bit, but let's let's jump forward to uh, propaganda. Let's jump forward to the mainstream media propaganda arm that we were literally told. If you just pay attention, we were told. We were told that, number one, it's not a consequential infection. I think it was the London um, Journal or somebody, uh, major fucking, God, I can't remember. They, they listed it as a non-consequential uh, pathogen. Yes, and it's still listed as that on the UK NIH website, NHS website. Right, and that was early on. It was they from, told from you the start. early on. It was non-consequential. It's not mm -hmm. a big deal. They mm -hmm. they listed it on their website as a non-consequential, not a big deal. And then, and then the mainstream media came out and and told you right off the bat that this is affecting old people, which is not a surprise because when you get a respiratory infection and you're freaking old and frail, uh, you're probably you might not survive that. Because let me tell you, I'm a smoker, and I got a smoker's cough, and let me tell you, it's bad. And if I was old and frail, and I had this kind of cough, I wouldn't freaking survive. I'm going to tell you right now. With with a semi-pneumonia-like illness on top of it, you, you, would, sure. you would definitely die. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention all the other comorbidities you may or may not have. This is, you know, this is why so many they, old yeah. people killed or died. Yeah. Yeah, they also told you it was 2.5 comorbidities. They literally told us. They did, yep. It was 2.5 comorbidities was the main factor in the death count. And then they told you again. They literally told you in the mainstream media that, yeah, if you die in a motorcycle accident and we test you for COVID, then you yep. die of COVID. Yep. They fucking told you that. Yep. If you it it doesn't matter when what the cause of death was if you had a positive PCR test at 40 35 plus cycles within 28 days of your demise you were marked as a covid death on your death certificate they told you that yep over and over you know what else they told you they gaslighted you like a mofo they told you 
that, oh, uh, this year uh, we don't have any flu. Yep. Went from 30, I mean, 30 plus million a year worldwide to like under a thousand. And you know how many people died of COVID? The same fucking number. Well, the number of cases were the same, not the same number of deaths. Well, the, no, the same number of flu deaths that didn't happen was the same number of COVID deaths that did happen. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I. I <laughs> but <laughs> there's a button here. <laughs> but um, the there's a caveat. The, the, yeah, the COVID <laughs> the COVID death numbers that are reported publicly are inflated by about 90%, if not more, uh, because there's no dis distinguishing between um, with or from COVID and um, because of that 28-day within a positive sure. test. And they tested right. everyone who went into the hospital. So you're guaranteed to have COVID because they were testing at 45 cycles. So everybody had it because right. almost everybody had antibodies, like 80% of the states had antibodies to COVID, to SARS-CoV-2 rather, not COVID, uh, prior to the outbreak. Plus they wanted oh. to work in 28 days later as <laughs> that's, a little that's, something. That's very something. possible yeah. too. I, I mean, yeah. there were shenanigans uh, oh, yeah, and I'll get level, into the antibody level. thing later. I'll get into the antibody thing. That's a whole yeah. separate issue. Well, you got about 40 minutes, so you better speed it up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Since we're on antibodies, I'll, I'll just run through this. Antibodies, they say antibodies are specific. That's the story we're told from medical science. Antibodies are specific. You have AIDS antibiotics or antibodies. You have... These antibodies are smallpox antibodies. Antibody. And and yet, when you get a vaccine, it has aluminum and mercury and formaldehyde and some other chemical that's equal to, uh, like, windshield washer fluid. And don't forget that all-important SP40. <laughs> and when you ask, why do you put... <laughs> And when you when you asked why do you put aluminum, why these other chemicals, why these other adjuvants, the answer the answer is is because it stimulates an immune response. Correct. It stimulates the antibody response. See, this is out of the left corner of the mouth, and out of the right corner of their mouth, they say antibodies are specific. And out of the left corner of their mouth, they say, we're going to put aluminum in there to stimulate the antibody response. So wait a second. Are they specific or not? So if they're specific, then I should have aluminum antibodies. And No, it doesn't work that and way. If, the, the antibodies, and freeze. antibodies don't go after the adjuvants. The adjuvants are taken care of by like leukocytes and white blood cells and whatnot. The, uh, there are parts of the immune system that are non-antibody. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell biology. This is biology. I know. I know. Story. <laughs> I, I should have prefaced that with allegedly. I apologize. Allegedly. Yeah, but no. But seriously, the there's some gen there's generic <laughs> cleanup things in your body allegedly that take care of foreign matter like that that aren't specific. And yes, there are specific antibodies that your body can't produce, but that's on an ad hoc basis. They don't exist in your body until your body learns how to 
allegedly, how to fight, how your immune system learns how to fight something, then it will produce antibodies against it. Look, an antibody is just a protein, and yes. its job is to bind to a foreign object. And it's not specific. Full stop. End of story. That's it. That's it. It's a protein. Its job is to bind molecularly, electromagnetically to a foreign object that doesn't belong there and get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to the immune system because there's 10 bacteria for every single cell in your body. So how come you're not, how come your body is not on high alert, on full antibody mode? It's not. Because it's a symbiotic. Yeah, it's symbiotic. Exactly. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. So you don't have an immune system. You don't have an immune system. You simply do not have an immune. There's no such thing as an immune system. That's a falsehood. Okay. You have a detox system. That's what you have. You have a detox. When your body hasn't had enough of the, like I said, where does alcohol come from? Where does vinegar come from? Where does ammonia come from? So your body is full of bacteria, all kinds of species. And some of them, when they poop, they poop toxic stuff. Like tuberculosis. You have tuberculosis inside you right now. It's in homeostasis. It's fine. Not bothering you. It's alive. It's not dead. It's fine. You're not sick. If it but when the condition... If it, if it killed you, it couldn't live on. No, when the conditions become right, when the temperature and the pH mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the food source mm -hmm. becomes just right. I, I, I'll give you a good example. The fish tank is the best example. Yep. If you've ever had fish, if you've ever had a fish tank, a certain time of year, it's usually about fall or, or springtime, um, when the temperature changes and the pH of the fish tank changes, and the fish tank goes milky white. We've all seen this. If you've ever had a fish tank, you've seen this. If you've had a fish tank for more than a year, you've seen the cycle. It goes milky. That's what we call a bacteria explosion because the conditions are just right. The, the terrain, the environment is just perfect. The, the, the pH, the temperature, the food source, the bacteria going, hello, party time, and they explode, they reproduce, and you have a bacteria explosion. And those bacteria, they have to eat, they have to metabolize, and they have to poop. And when they excrete, their excretion might be a toxic element, like alcohol, vinegar, or something else. Something else that your body doesn't agree with. So there's thousands of species of bacteria, and some of them, if, if you have an overgrowth, when the conditions are just right, if you have it out of balance, and they explode, and you have an overgrowth of bacteria, their waste product can be toxic to the body. So that's internal toxicity. Is this what could be considered or what they call a cytokine storm? Yes. Yeah. That's internal toxicity. Mm -hmm. Sepsis. So you, can so you can have external toxicity. Make, like maybe mama comes home and she got a new, brand new product like Febreze and she's spraying fabric softener and air freshener all over the freaking house. It's a chemical um, uh, perfume. 
It's a chemical base. And now everybody in the house is now inhaling this brand new freaking chemical that they're not used to. And oh my God, we all got to get detox. And so little Johnny gets sick and little Susie gets sick and mama gets sick. But oh, dad doesn't get sick. This happens all the time. So if it's a contagious element, a bacteria or a virus, if it's contagious, how come everybody in the house doesn't get sick? How come two or three get sick and two or three don't? How come mom and dad get sick and the kids don't? How come mom and Johnny get sick and dad and Susie doesn't? How come four, if you take a bunch of kids to a, to a, um, a smallpox or, I'm sorry, a chickenpox party or a measles party, Right in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, we used to have measles parties. You take your kids to a measles party. How come four kids get sick and eight of them don't? Because their bodies weren't in the right state to, uh, they weren't triggered to detox like those other kids. Okay, so now this brings me this is a perfect segue to Masha and Dasha. Are you familiar? No. Masha and Dasha are a very significant and interesting case out of Russia. It's a well-documented uh, medical. It's in the medical literature. You can look this up. Masha and Dasha. They're conjoined twins. They were conjoined uh, yeah, at the yeah, torso. I think, I think I remember this. I remember. I think they, they shared a lung. They shared definitely a circulatory system. One would get sick and the other one would not. Like somebody like, explain that one, please. How can the thing with two heads be sick? Being so that one didn't get a head cold, essentially. Oh yeah, one would get sick. One would get measles. They would get a rash. One would get flu. One would get sick and the other one wouldn't. Somebody please explain that one to me. Somebody please explain that one to me. I, if that's not a nail in the coffin, I don't know what is. Yeah, but were they up to date on their vaccines? <laughs> Damn you, Jerry. Damn you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, Masha and Dasha is like the nail in the coffin. I don't know what else to say after that. They're conjoined. They share blood supply. One would get sick and the other one wouldn't. So if you want to talk about contagion, somebody needs to work that one out because that's a real problem. There are and, a lot I, of and you know problems. What? And you know what? I, I could go to the Diamond Princess. If you remember during COVID in 2020, yep, yep. Yep. all over the news was the Diamond Princess cruise ship. Yep. It was quarantined. Oh, except... Nobody talks about the cases where, and this is documented, where the wife was sick and the husband was not, and they were confined to their little cabins, their little, you know, 10 by 12 freaking spaces. Oh, highly contagious infectious respiratory disease, except wife guys it and husband doesn't. They're sleeping together. They're confined in a 10 by 10 fucking cabin under quarantine, and he doesn't get sick. So please explain the contagiousness of this. And by the way, I'll tell you what I'll do, Jerry. I'll tell you what I'll do because I got it right here. I'm going to go to your live. Are you, are you live on YouTube right now? Yeah. 
All right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to your... trying to find how long they were at. I remember they got they weren't allowed to dock, but I don't remember for how long. All right. Here's what I'm going to do for you. But it was weeks. I have. It was weeks they were stuck out at sea. I have right here. I uh, here it is. Got it. Uh, copy. And I'm going to go to your live YouTube, and I'm going to drop the link to the contagion myth. Paste. Here's the link. There it is. So anybody listening, there's the link to the contagion myth. Free PDF. Read Dr. Top, Dr. Tom Cowan's book, Contagion Myth. There's a free PDF link. I just dropped it in your chat. And you're welcome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I think that's the link to this video. You didn't drop it. Uh -oh. <laughs> but uh -oh. I, can, I can find it. I'm familiar. Well, with, I'm familiar with Dr. Collins' work. No, wait, wait. No, I've got the link right here. Oh shit! What the? Okay, sorry. I found it. <laughs> no, I've got. No, wait a minute. I've got Contagion Myth right here. I should be able to copy and paste. There it is. Here, let me get off of that. Get off. Copy. Come over to here. Where'd you go? I don't know. I'm not on your machine. I got you. And paste. Now that should be. Nope. Same thing. Really? Yep. Yeah, it is uh, the same. Well, then that's my problem. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's a PDF. I text. actually went over and looked. No, nope. it's a, it's a link. Yeah, I've got the tab open. I've got a brand new PDF to Tom Cowan's Contagion Myth. The whole PDF. I you got it open you, right here. I'm look you can't link a PDF like that. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. I'll, I'll find it. But Cowan's on uh, on BitChute, if anyone's interested. He does a weekly podcast, talks about this kind of stuff. He's an interesting dude. He's on Odyssey. Cowan's on Odyssey also. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew Kaufman, who we've had on the show, is another uh, terrain theory guy. All right, I found the link. Here's the Tatron Myth PDF. There you go. So, are you familiar with Dr. Paul Thomas? Yes. Oh, you are? Uh, well, well oh, so his, maybe not, maybe not. So, the graphs and the charts that he shows... Mm -hmm. from comparing vaxxed and unvaxxed children in terms of chronic diseases and chronic illnesses. Have you seen that work? That's, it, that is jaw-dropping. That's yeah. some jaw-dropping stuff. I, I am not familiar with him personally. I'm going to subscribe to his YouTube channel right now. But um, I am familiar with the his work through the stuff that Steve Kirsch has brought forward. Oh, that's interesting because Steve Kirsch is. Anyway, I, I don't know. <laughs> Shyster. I like, I like him. Well, I mean, look, I don't, I want to say Shyster. I, I, I just, I don't want to get into the heads of people. I don't know their motivations. Right. So I don't know if they're a grifter or if they're just not unaware, right. Ignorant. He's, 
about Look, about he, this kind of stuff that we're talking about, he's unaware. I, I know, he's unaware. He's unaware. I know he's been presented. I know that his audience is telling him, "Look, look into this. Look into this. Look he, into this." Look he into can't this. get past that mental block, dude. He he took the he got the Pfizer shot. He bought. He buys this stuff. He's a he's a tech bro. I know. I know. Steve Kirsch is a multimillionaire because he invented the uh, wireless mouse, the optical mouse. Yeah. Yeah. And I got one. I'm, I'm using one. <laughs> oh, the one so, with the laser in them. Yeah. This thing. Yeah. So Not- Steve Kirsch is a multimillionaire because of that. Yeah. And he's done some great work, you know, bringing awareness to some of the fraudulent nature of what's going on. Oh, yeah. But he, he won't go that far. He won't. And no. I know his audience is I know his audience is barking on him and he won't he's looked at it he's he's even addressed it. I know. I get, I get it. And it, but here's the thing in today's climate socially what he wants to get across and what he's trying to do would be hurt by by going here because then I mean they're already labeling him a quack, anti-vax, anti-science, all that shit. Can you imagine if he said, "Well, your viruses aren't real." <laughs> I, well, maybe we should look into Steve Kirsch's portfolio. Maybe he's invested in Pfizer. Uh, who knows? I doubt it. Maybe I, if you could find that, it would be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Look, I'm I not... trust them all equally, which is about fifty-fifty. There are people I I do not trust at all. There are people that I I will listen to their opinion of and consider it. There's nobody that can tell me something that I'll say, oh, yeah, I believe you immediately. Like, not even my dad. <laughs> well, this this guy, Dr. Paul Thomas, mm-hmm. I think he's got a documentary called From Birth or uh, some kind of presentation, if you put in quotations, From Birth, Dr. Paul Thomas, From Birth. And he's got dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of freaking charts of all of the chronic diseases from asthma to arthritis to eczema mm-hmm. to you know measles to just you name it all the chronic long-term chronic illnesses and he's got charts that show vaxxed versus unvaxxed and the the evidence is clear from the charts and this is all government data yeah, um, so, Kirsch, Kirsch brought forward uh, used the Amish as an example of this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nobody will do an Amish study. I know. Nobody will do an Amish study. Nobody will study how have the Amish done on this illness and that illness and this vax and that vax. Nobody will do that study. Nobody. Of course not. Because but they, how much do we trust the government data at this point anyway? I don't care well, what side you're looking at or what angle. Yeah, but the government is is downstream from all that. They just take what they're told by their quote unquote experts. I mean, but they still continue to push non-truths through the. It's FDA. fascism. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's many gov- things. It's many. Government things. is the government is following the corporations. Yes, that's right. where the money is. That's where but the, money the point is. is they're following it, and so they're going to stand behind it, and they're going to stand behind the pharmaceutical industry, and they're going to stand behind all that. My point is, why do we trust any of their information to begin with at this point? I don't. You guys, I need a 60-second break. All right.
Nish, what are you doing? In what are you doing in chat? Take a break for a second. Yeah, I'll go for it. Go All for right. it. We'll be here. Right after I tell someone you're not in chat, you show up in chat. I did for a second. I what? I got. Um, now I'm. You guys were fumbling around, so I thought I'd go over and look and say hello. Yeah. But now... I stepped out because I, you know, I can't. <laughs> I can't do two things at once, Jer. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. No, I get caught up. I start looking at the chat. And I can't hear what is going on. You know how I do. Yep. And yeah, Suzanne, I want to try and get Matthew on the show. I think he'd be an interesting guest. He's like the the grandson of uh, Royal Rife. Great grandson, something like that. I just had an awesome chat with uh, Stephen A. Ross, who got the who had the Rife machine, the Rife machine, and the private stuff from him as well as the nemoscope stuff um he's phenomenal and that chat's really phenomenal and his books are phenomenal cool great grant great grandson thank you justin um yeah that'll be cool I'm, i'll listen to that yeah well he's the one who possessed the 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 private rife stuff so i don't even think that stuff trickled down to the grandson just saying yeah, figures. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Tesla died died broke allegedly. Well, and I mean, you know, there's all kinds of cases. There's like oh, yeah. Laura Eisenhower versus her grand. You know, I mean, there's a separation here. When I even just think about me and my great grandparents, you know, just because you have the same name, not that I'm naysaying anything. I'm just saying that. We want to assume because someone is a name bearer of a lineage that. Yeah, look at Tessa Dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, not even, I mean, Tessa, Tessa was married to Philip. And so there, that's different. It would be like Tessa's son's grand, Tessa's grandson. Right, a wife you. is different, Jerry. A wife is on the scene. Uh-oh. I don't want to get into that. No, no, no. We're talking about <laughs> talking about uh, inheritance and stuff. We're talking about, yeah, genetic uh, intele Intellectual and... property inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Laura Eisenhower versus her grandfather or this new, the Rife's grandkid and, you know, stuff like that. So... So let's, I, I know we, you guys like to keep this at around two hours. We're getting near your yeah, mark. So we got 15. All right. So I'm going to bump this up a little bit. I'm going to speed this up. Somebody say bump. Let, let's, let's talk numbers. <laughs> just, let's just use a little bit of logic and let's just talk numbers for a minute. <laughs> so. They say that um, an average cough has about 3,000 droplets. Those are little microscopic or subscopic, not microscopic, but subscopic particles of floating, you know, moisture droplets when you cough. Aerosol aerosolized. 
aerosolized little droplets, tiny little droplets of moisture that may contain all kinds of stuff, bacteria, virus. Guaranteed to contain. So a sneeze contains, okay, so a cough has 3,000. A sneeze can contain 40,000 droplets. Okay. And you guys got those numbers in here? And, just... and millions or billions of bacteria. A sneeze is oh, just this is a wor- sneeze sometimes. This is about to get interesting. So keep those <laughs> numbers in your head now. <laughs> so a cough is 3,000 and a sneeze is up to 40,000 droplets. Now, when asked... Sounds messy. I'm sorry, I'm in a rare mood tonight. (laughs) When asked how many virus particles are contained within one cough or one sneeze, the answer, according to the NIH, that's the National Institute of Health, and you can Mm -hmm, verify mm -hmm, this, mm 200 million. Those are mighty big numbers you're working with. Well, they're they're my <clears throat> my that's that's I, a big nose you have. I get the scale. <laughs> I get the scale, but there's no I, there's no proof that there's viruses in there. Right, right. There's no proof. I mean, you know I, why? I forget. Who, <laughs> go ahead. No, it, it was Tom Cowan who described a Zoom conference. He and Andy Kaufman and some others. We're in a Zoom conference, and Tom Cowan describes they were in a Zoom conference with the head of of Wuhan Institute of Virology, 20 years, and the same guy transferred over to what was it, Harvard for 20 another 20 years Institute of Virology, right? Mm-hmm. And he was in a Zoom call, and they asked him. Uh, so how come we don't have a single paper where a virus particle was isolated from any fluid from any sick human or animal? And he said, there's not enough. Oh, I remember this call. Yeah. And he, and he asked if you multiply it, if you had 10,000 of them, would it be enough? And he kept saying no. And he kept going up. No. So Andy Kaufman kept going up. He went, how about 100 people? How about 1,000 people? How about 10,000 people? <laughs> right, 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 right. And the guy kept saying, nope, not enough. If, if you concentrate 10,000 people's lung sputum and cough, if you concentrate that, is there enough to detect it from the bodily fluid from a human? Nope, not enough. <laughs> I wanted to it's, hear the auctioneer voice when that so was going It's so ridiculous. On. <laughs> the, whole, the whole idea, so, and then, then Kaufman finally asked him, "How many, how many people would it take? How many samples?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> he stopped answering. I did. He did. It was. He great. stopped answering. So, <laughs> the NIH tells you that a single sneeze can contain up to two hundred million virus particles, <laughs> and yet they can't fucking swab your throat or my throat. Or my saliva or yours. And I can't I, cough I on. I can't just cough onto a swab 
if my that's why they, if my, they went to the anal. If my breath, if my breath, I know. Oh my God, I know they went to the anal swamps. <laughs> oh my God. If my breath, if my breath is so fucking contagious, why do you have to take this fucking long needle, go all the way up into the back of my brain to get your sample? Right. Yeah. Why, well. Why, How come I can't breathe on your sample? If my breath, if I gotta wear a mask, if my breath is and my saliva and my spit droplets are so fucking contagious, how come I can't just cough on your fucking sample? That that <laughs> those, the, the way they use those tests, that? The, those nasal swabs, have never made sense to me why they need to do that. And I've never heard any any actual you know doctor or expert if you would call him that explain why they had to use that versus a mouth swab or a throat swab it's just bizarre it's, the, it is. it's just it is it's just irrational illogical circular reasoning like logical fallacies every excuse they have is just wrought with circular reasoning and logical fallacies so on one hand, I got to wear a mask because my breath is so fucking contagious. But on the other hand, you can't just take my breath and sample me or take my <laughs> spit. You can't just swab my cheeks and take a sample. No, 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 no. You got to go all the way up into my fucking brain. What? Or, or the deep booty. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, niche, niche. Oh, she's obsessed with the booty. Talk about a high colonic. That, that was so bizarre. That that was so crazy. And you know what? Chinese people lined up and had their booty swabbed. Well, they probably got extra social credit points for it. Yeah, they got extra social credit. <laughs> they got extra credit scores. <laughs> Never trust a fart. <laughs> i remember they even had videos uh that came out of china and who knows if the shit's real right but i saw a video from china of a like a crash test dummy and they were demonstrating how to take an anal swab oh yeah i've the, seen that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> training on how training training, training yep. on it training on anal swabs yeah yep. it was ridiculous so, I, so this goes in there and then this goes in here and you're done <laughs> while okay. you're at it just add a little hook and we could go a little spin just spin it a little bit <laughs> we could go all night on the absurdity of what went on i mean oh my god oh my god just <laughs> Just I can't imagine. I, can you imagine going through the training course? Okay, just turn it, turn it a little bit, <laughs> spin just a little. We want to get some of that good stuff. All right, now, no, now don't cough. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it, I mean, it did. It was like the joke was on us, and they just took it to such an absurd level that I mean. It it was it was just so much. There there was so so much crazy that went. So down let's with so let's talk about let's talk about EM photographs real quick. All right, because I know you guys got a few minutes left. E, e want, like curly in photography. EM electron micro, uh, electron microscopy. Oh okay, electron microscopy. Okay. All right. So so when you see an electron microscope photograph. Mm-hmm. 
and there's an arrow pointing to a little thing. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this. Yes. Let me ask. You, let me just ask you a question, real quick. Mm -hmm. If I showed you a photograph of a guy with a key in his hand, standing at a front entry door to a house, and he's about to put the key into the lock, and I showed you a photograph of a guy still photograph, a still photo of a guy with a key and a lock and a front door, can you tell me is he coming or going? No. No, you can't. No, you fucking can't. You absolutely cannot tell. Is he coming or going? Did he lock the door and he's leaving, or is he about to enter the door? You can't fucking tell. A still photo does not give you that information. So when you show me an electron microscope photograph, and you see these little tiny particles that may or may not be air bubbles. A dark spot. So it's a fucking dark or, spot. On a sp or literally, li literally bubbles from maceration because they macerate. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Or gas. Literally, literally micro gas bubbles. Could be bacteria poop. <laughs> they could be. Yeah, they could be. You know, they could be a, a phage from the cell. Yep. Oh, okay. Exosomes. An exo, which is that's exactly what that is, is an exosome. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's like a bacteriophage, but from a cell. Right. I know. So it's the same thing. When the cell is distressed, it packages up its DNA and it puts it into a little spore form, which may or may not find a suitable place to live and then re regrow. Or it explodes. That's what it does. It goes, it goes in apoptosis. That's what it, that's what it, that's what it does in, in, in an attempt to survive. That's what it does. Mm -hmm. Like bacteria. When you stress bacteria, they go into a phage. It goes into a bacteriophage, mm -hmm. which is about the same size as what they call a virus. A virus, they say, is between 50 and 100, up to 200 nanometers. Now, here's a really fun fact. Uh, IBM has been bragging lately that they have... Uh, computer chips that are something like some two to five nanometers. They can create computer chips on the scale of two to five nanometers. Yes. Yeah, but and a virus is said to be fifty to two hundred nanometers. So those so, wait 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 those chips that they're talking about are are transistors and one alone is not functional. But go ahead. Well, my point is they're bragging that they can create these things. Yeah, they can. And they're working on a one to two to three to five nanometer scale. And they're organizing and creating things with those stuff. Mm -hmm. And at the same time. The virologists are telling us that we can't isolate viruses. We can't do the centrifugation and we can't get the band. We can't isolate when they've already done that for the same size particle and smaller. So they've already isolated bacteriophages, which are the same size as viruses. They've already isolated and purified. 
bacteriophages. They've already isolated. We got photographs of just nothing but a field of bacteriophages. They've isolated and purified. And then we got IBM bragging that they can create fucking nanochips that are 50 times smaller. I love this race. It's all about who can get who who's got the smallest. We've got. <laughs> so, oh, oh it's, yeah. not, so, it's not about the biggest anymore. So I, 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 it's IBM's totally had, about the smallest. <laughs> IBM's had uh, five nanometer chips for about six years, so they're they're almost down to two nanometers. Um, okay. SARS-CoV-2 so virus is 60 to 140 nanometers. So IBM is working with nanoparticles that are 5 nanometers, and a virus particle is between 30 and 200 nanometers. I, I, Mushroom head. I don't think <laughs> that they're... Okay, I, I don't, I'll just say this out loud. I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but the way that they make chips and stuff is not the manufacturing process is an etching thing they etch these on a plate and then use a chemical solution to take away a, a layer of elect of a material from the top of that plate which then produces hundreds and thousands of these quote-unquote chips these two or whatever however many nanometer chips they're not actually individual things that they make Okay. So I mean, okay. I get what you. I get what you're saying, but no, 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 no. That's fine, Jerry. Yeah. Um, what you just described is that they are able to know through epistemology. They know for sure. How do you know what you know? Right. They know that they're yeah. creating these things. They can. Well, with, well, I don't care about the process. If they etch and leave behind two nanometer leftover particles. I don't care. My point is that they can look, they can detect, they can isolate, they can show, they can prove this is what we did. And it's 50 times smaller <laughs> than what we call a virus. So the virologists are telling us we can't isolate this particle because it's too small or there's not enough. And it's just excuse after excuse. I agree. And meanwhile, IBM is bragging that we can do that 50 times smaller. And we can show it and prove it. And we're doing it. It's kind of apples and origins to me. I know. I, I know. But, but, but I, I hear I, you. I mean, it's, it, it's right. It kind You're of proves right. a point. It's 2D versus 3D. you got a three-dimensional organism that changes shape. I mean, but you can see the trend, the overall trend. Well, the thing is, though, that the, the current process of, of virus isolation is flawed. It introduces Terribly. Too, too many variables. Terribly. It basically puts a bunch of chemicals and the sample into a blender, chops it all up, and then they look for the virus. That's or They do some kind of cleansing process or extraction and whatever, and then they say, okay, and then they put the arrow on that picture. This is it. <laughs> Well, John Enders, who I'll just remind everybody, the guy who invented this process mm -hmm. was the first guy in history until Stefan Lenka. He, was, he actually did a control study and he said, look, uh, I did the same thing without adding any inoculant. Right. 
you know, no, no stuff no with viruses. Stuff. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. And guess what? It's indistinguishable. Yeah. The cytopathic effect, when the cells break down, when the cells break down, these little particles come out and I can't tell the difference between these particles and the ones with the inoculant. Right. He can't tell. And then Stefan Lanka, just two years ago, did the same freaking thing. And then he went through the process of actually genoming and he got the same genome, the SARS-CoV-2. And all he added was yeast. Yep. He, this should be the absolute end of virology, period. So, so all that being said, what killed people over the last three years? It's just the flu, and then with the inflated numbers, it made it look deadly. The same, the same thing that kills people every year, and that's okay. There yeah. are two things that cause disease: that's toxicity and deficiency. Right. So you're either deficient in a mineral or a nutrient or a vitamin, or you're exposed internally. Like I said. You might have a bacteria explosion mm -hmm. that's producing a toxin, or you might be exposed externally, like mama brought home a brand new air freshener, right? You're exposed to an external or internal toxin. So you're either toxic or you're deficient. You're either lacking a mineral nutrient vitamin or you're exposed to too much fucking toxin. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two things that cause, because look, when when scurvy was a thing, they thought it was contagious. This is where we get the whole idea of quarantine. Scurvy. Because one guy started, you know, losing teeth, losing hair, and then he died of heart failure. And then the next thing you know, all the other guys are losing teeth, losing hair, dying of heart failure. Oh, my God. It's passing along. We got a contagious thing. Blah, blah, blah. Quarantine. Next thing you know, somebody eats a lemon or a lime and the whole thing goes away. And they discovered it was a vitamin C deficiency. And then we have other diseases like pellagra and beriberi. So that's a niacin and a vitamin A deficiency. We've already know this. Pellagra and beriberi is one or the other. I, I forget, I, I don't know all the details, but these conditions these conditions exist. Measles exist. Smallpox exists. But the condition is not a virus. It's it's a it's either a toxicity or it's a deficiency. So let me let me run this down for you real quick. So you have three or four systems in the body, and it's your skin, your lungs your bowels, and your bladder, right? This is how you get rid of toxic stuff. So you have, oh God, what, oh, the, the word just left my brain. It's, it's, it's a method of, of excretion. Prostalsis? Oh, oh, Asian, Asian, Asian. Oh, okay. It's, it's Asian. Respiration. Right. When you respire, Yes. You take in oxygen and you get rid of CO2. CO2 is acidic. So you get rid of CO2. So that's respiration. And then you have defecation. 
So you eat food and then you defecate. You got to get rid of shit. Ambu defecation. Amb ambulation. And then there's urination. Mm -hmm. So you drink liquid and then your body gets rid of stuff. Urination. And then there's rest, uh, there's perspiration. So that's your skin. Your skin is the largest organ in the body and it is a detox mechanism. There's perspiration. And that's why saunas are a, are a big deal. Mm -hmm. So there's respiration, perspiration, uh, defecation, urination. All the Asians, those are your body's way of getting rid of toxic stuff. Masturbation? I, I suppose. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> that was for Nish. Talk about particles. <laughs> Talk about particles. <laughs> oh, man. And oh, I, there's part Jesus, there's particles everywhere. <laughs> so many particles. <laughs> anyway, was there a point to that? So the, oh, yeah. the main point is the Asian, is the excretion, the body's normal pathway of getting rid of toxic stuff. It's all the Asians, respiration, perspiration, uh, urination, defecation, all the Asians. And? This is, well, er, earlier when I was talking about having to learn Latin, yeah, it's like you have to learn all these prefixes and suffixes, yeah. and then you learn, and then you start to learn how words really work. Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, some kind of itis. So you're talking about an inflammation. Oh, so it's Ryanitis. Yep. Ryan, nice. Rhino. Oh, that's the nose. Thank you, Jerry. You, you're a brilliant motherfucker. Thank you. <laughs> right, Ryanitis. That's the nose. You got, you got inflammation of the sinus cavity. Ryanitis. So you can literally understand what's happening by understanding the prefixes and suffixes of the words that we're using mm -hmm. to describe. It's like you go to your doctor and they say, I got a rash. I got a red and a little itchy skin. And the doctor takes a skin sample and he sends it to the lab and it comes back. And the doctor says, oh, confirmed you have eczema. And then you look up, what is eczema? Oh, it's a skin rash. Mm -hmm. So you told me nothing. Chronic skin rash. So you basically told me nothing. Well, you told me what I told you. That's allopathic <laughs> medicine for you. <laughs> you, you just told me after testing and spending money on testing, you just told me what I just told you. I have a skin rash. Now what's the fucking cause? Oh, I don't know, but try this. Right. Treat the symptoms, not the cure. It's, that's allopathic medicine. That's what, that's, that's what you get when you go to the doctor these days. I thought of another prefix, another suffix for your for your notes there, <laughs> uh, phobic and philic. Oh, uh, you know what, <laughs> philic. P. It's P H I. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I, like, know, I know. I know the spelling. Yeah, hydrophilic and hydrophobic are two examples. Uh, one loves water. One avoids water. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned the the pre the, the prefix or the suffix philic 
from the Pope. <laughs> it was there, it was there, the Pope. Is there a joke there? <laughs> well, it's it's there's maybe some satire, but it's not, not really a joke. Oh, it's for real. Like pedophilic? <laughs> no, it's 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 fecophilic. Fecophilic. <laughs> He's a shit eater. It's full of shit. He, it's full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh poop. So there's fecophilia. So there's there's two kinds of one of them is that you're turned on sexually and the other one is that you're just kind of interested With the dookie? But by feces you're turned on? Yeah. yeah. So yes. It's a scatophilia, That's, I think it's called. Ooh, makes me think no, of the Ger Germans. I mean the actual <laughs> fetish, the fetish name in the in the sex oh, community don't, is Don't make me look it up. Scatophilia. <laughs> It's it's fecophilia. Scat daddy. Let me see. Is it F or PH? Scatophilia. Absorbing interest in feces or filth, particularly in paraphilia, in which sexual arousal or activity is linked to feces. Fecophilia. Maybe we gonna get dirty tonight. Could be both. I've always known it as scatophilia. I think we've gotten into some dirty water here. Is it Let's not bring here? this down into the sewer. <laughs> but you know they they have found they they do say that they found Corona in the sewer. Well, that's how. Uh, cue, cue up the song. Ooh, that smell. Ooh, that smell. <laughs> that's how uh, New York was gauging their case levels. Uh, I think <laughs> LA was doing that too through the sewer system, which is ridiculous because it's full of it. It's especially if they're just testing with, they're using PCR tests in the fucking shit, in the sewer, the raw sewage. <laughs> they use, they use, and who knows how many cycles are running on that. Right. I mean, exactly. of, of course it's going to find it. And oh man, don't even get me started with the case, the whole case demic. The, the amount of cases is completely irrelevant if you don't have no, it, if you have no denominator to compare it with Ooh, you know Jerry, it's this, you're it, getting inflamed oh you know, it just made me so angry <laughs> in the 1950s they were talking about the polio right and when polio oh, yeah. was a big when polio was a big deal um maybe most people don't know this but all you had to have was an upset stomach some pain in your extremities and you know, that's pretty much all you needed was a po for a polio diagnosis. You had diarrhea, upset stomach, and some pain in your extremities. That was it. You got a polio diagnosis. Sounds like a bad night of drinking. And it sounds kind of like SARS-CoV-2. It's like, oh, I got hit by a bus and I was run over by a truck <laughs> and I died in a motorcycle accident and I was shot in the fucking brain and, oh, therefore, dead of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> there there were several car accidents that were the deaths that were marked as covid oh yeah i know Everything there was a suicide was there was a suicide there was a motorcycle accident there was a guy who got hit by a bus mm -hmm. i know these, these are documented. the guy that shot himself up in the head <laughs> like it was everything oh yeah and the memes are wonderful the memes they were they went to a junkyard and some guy 
crawled through a busted windshield and he's laying there like a dead guy. And the woman, there's a woman and there's a guy photographing and the woman and the meme is caption says, so uh, when did you first discover you had COVID? <laughs> <laughs> he's laying on the hood, come through the windshield of a crashed up car. <laughs> and the woman, the reporter is asking, when did you first discover you had COVID? <laughs> Oh, man. How about the meme where Dr. Fauci is laying on the couch in the psychiatrist's office? And Is the virus in the, the room with us right now? And, and is the, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is the virus in the room with us right now? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hiding behind Trump over there. <laughs> oh, my God. So are you guys familiar that there are 50 studies of contagion that failed i, I thought there were failed. more more honestly but yes i knew there were a lot oh uh, um i think it's mike stone or somebody that documented i've got the link somewhere oh cool there are 50 studies 50 published scientific medical studies where they tried their best to show that this disease is contagious and we can pass it from this person or animal to another person or another animal. And they tried and tried and tried. And there are, I got 50 fucking studies that show that we failed every single time. And we tried everything. We tried coughing, sneezing, breathing. We tried blood transfusions. We tried snot transfusions. We tried bronchial uh, alveolar lavage transfusions there was we, even one where a sick guy coughed right into the mouth of another person and they couldn't yeah. make people sick yeah that was the that was the rosenau experiment of yeah. 1918 yep. yeah the, transmission the, has never been proven to be true no that's why i've got contagion myth i've got i've got the pdf file i, I can't drop the link for some i already reason. did i already did okay oh jerry so, you had oh. to go trans on us what? <laughs> I put it in chat for you too, uh, in in our private the Zoom chat. I identify as a vaccinated person. <laughs> Me too. I identify as flatulence. Always. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> a, a flatulence in the wind. I am in. I am in the mood. I'm sorry. We, we got to wrap this up so you can go eat. Your blood sugar is getting low. I can tell. I know. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Something's getting low. It's Igor. <laughs> All right. Look. Look. Bottom line: no transmission. There's literally. We have tried and tried and tried. Scientists, yeah. doctors have tried all diseases you can think of. They've tried all methods: blood, snot, sputum, coughing, sneezing, into mouths, into faces transferring fluids including syphilis and gonorrhea i think the uh the it was a navy who did a study where they gave a free ride to a bunch of prostitutes who were supposedly had gonorrhea syphilis and none of the guys got fucking gonorrhea syphilis that's interesting they, they, those aren't those aren't viri though they're bacteria well they are no they are well gonorrhea syphilis they are viruses I think so. But the point is, contagion is a myth. Them. Contagion is a myth. Syph That's syphilis, the point. syphilis is a bacteria. Okay, fine. I don't care. Contagion is a myth. <laughs> well, contagion yeah. is a fucking myth. 
like the diamond princess husband was sick the wife was not and they're confined in a 10 by 10 uh you get a family of five three people get sick and two of them don't that's not a fucking contagion if it was contagious everybody would be sick if it was contagious the whole world would be dead to be honest with you I think oh, it was yeah. I yeah, I'm with you the, on that. Yeah. I mean honestly honestly yeah. if contagion was a thing the human race wouldn't exist. We'd oh, be dead. There was uh, it was all ridiculous. You can you had to have your mask on to I walk he didn't, a he restaurant didn't mean just from to COVID. sit down at a table where you could take your mask yeah, off yeah. and eat. And the I bizarreness mean, all of it was so ridiculous. Hello? So so it was never about health. It was never about contagion. No. Never. No. Never. None no. of it. It's all no. about control. Oh, I can, mm-hmm. I can walk on the beach, but I can't sit on the beach. So you're going to arrest me. Cops are going to arrest me if I'm sitting down on the beach. But you're not going to bother me if I'm literally walking. That's fine. Right. But sitting is okay. It's not okay. And, Same and, thing in the park. And Same you didn't in the park. Even, and you didn't even break any laws. You're being illegally arrested. Well, I exactly. mean, come on. The that's why all of, has that's why they've all been thrown out. I know. If you look them up. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're all but they've all been dismissed or the charges have been. All of them. Except in There's you know, nothing, Nazi countries. It's all uncanny. This whole thing that we're in right now, nothing is what we thought of as logical and um so we're you, in a crazy world where you know, all right, all right. Before I get out, before I get out of here, I gotta crush this. Okay. All right, rabies and polio. Real quick, I'll polio. try to be fast. I polio know you guys should be dirty in. water. Go ahead. Okay. So, how did they prove that polio was a virus? I don't know. So they took the spinal cord from a dead child who was paralyzed who was diagnosed with polio. They took that spinal cord and they macerated it. In other words, they put it in a blender. And then they took that and they used it as an inoculant onto a a, a, a cell culture. They inoculated a cell culture with this goop, spinal cord maceration, dead tissue culture. Put it on a cell culture. And then they took that, and you know what they did? They drilled a hole into a monkey's brain. They drilled a hole into a monkey's skull, and they injected, like, equal to a quarter cup. For a human, if you were a human, it would be a quarter cup. So they injected, they injected, I don't know how many millimeters, whatever, mills. be 25. Of fluid into a monkey's brain. Equal to quarter cup for a human. So they injected this macerated, dead, rotted flesh, tissue culture from a dead kid. They injected that straight into the brain of a monkey. And when the the monkey showed symptoms or when he got sick or paralyzed or died, they said, oh, look, we passed on the polio virus. And they did that many, 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 many years before the electron microscope was even invented. They didn't even know about the size of these virus particles. They, they just speculated. It was a guess. 
they they postulated, they assumed, and then they said, "Hey, if I drill a hole into a monkey's head and I drew, and I inject a quarter cup of this fucking shit, this dead rotting flesh from a dead kid, hey, guess what? The monkey's paralyzed. Therefore, polio virus. Are you kidding me? That's you want me to trust the science? What? I know." Are you familiar with that book, uh, Turtles All the Way Down? <laughs> I've heard the term. I'm not familiar with the book. So there's this book about um, about vaccine science called Turtles All the Way Down. I'll, oh, I'll, really? Yeah. Oh, really? About vaccine science? Yes. Turtles All the Way and, Down? Yes. And how like uh, oh. 99% of vaccines are all based on the studies of the prior version of that vaccine or something else. They have no controls. It's basically based on bogus nonsense. Exactly. That the whole whole of vaccine they science just keep building. Yes. They just keep building. They yes. just keep building and building and building on what is essentially nonsense. Yeah. This new COVID vaccine that's out right now that nobody's taking is actually the clinical trials are compared to the original clinical trials, which we know were fraudulent. So <laughs> they're, they're saying compared to our prior trial, this shows efficacy. That's so that, stupid. I know, just... but th this is what's allowed by our FDA. This is right. a captured and again, agency. And we're supposed to trust them. Yes, because they're the government. Right. And right. They're, exactly. it's a captured agency. They're just doing the bidding of the drug companies. They I know. Smallpox. Smallpox was basically the same thing. They took rabbits, they shaved their fur, and then they scratched the skin with lancets, basically scalpels. They scratched and damaged the fur, the skin, and then they rubbed uh, pus from uh, uh, pustules that came off of a cow who had a pox, which was basically a detox. So the pus, pu uh, pustules were full of who the fuck knows what. And they just rubbed that shit. They would cut these rats. And when the skin got red and infected, they said, oh, look, we passed the virus. Therefore, virus. And again, this is many decades before we even had an electron microscope. They said, oh, we knew about viruses before we even knew there were viruses. How the fuck? What? So, and you know what? You can go all the way back to the very beginning of the uh, tobacco mosaic. It was supposed to be a virus that affects the, to the tobacco plant. You guys still there? Are we connected? Yeah, we're, lis we're listening. Okay. All right. So this guy, Ivan uh, uh, Ivanovsky, uh, Hopefully I got the name right. This tobacco mosaic, what they called a virus. The, the, the leaves were getting, you know, yellow and blotchy and they were dying and the plants weren't growing very well. They postulated that it was a virus. And some guy took, I think, 200 plants, 200 diseased plants you know dead and dying leaves 200 and he macerated them 
into a liquid and then he condensed it all the way down to a couple of milliliters. And then he took that concentrated gloop and he scratched the surface of healthy plants and he smeared the concentrated gloop into the cuts, cut marks. And then when the plants got ill and the leaves started showing signs of disease, he said, look, I passed the virus. Are you fucking kidding me? Is that how nature? Because, I mean, we're talking about tobacco mosaic virus. They call it a virus. It's a disease. The plants, they're not growing. They're just not healthy. Maybe, maybe the environment isn't good. Maybe the soil isn't good. Maybe the moisture isn't good. Maybe the pH isn't good. Well, the whole Spanish flu outbreak started like right after they, they started putting up radio towers and, and broadcasting. Oh, the Spanish flu, I can tell you uh, firsthand, not, I'm sorry, not firsthand, but I can tell you with confidence that the Spanish flu was a meningitis vaccine. That's what that was. Yeah, I know that people died most after the vaccines came out, kind of the same with COVID. It was a, it was a meningitis vaccine. That's what the Spanish flu was. Interesting. Well, Nish has, so to, why, Nish has to go, so we got to wrap. Sorry. That's, that's why the Rosenau experiments failed. There's no contagion. Ah. It was They were poisoned. It wasn't a contagious element. They were poisoned. Yeah. And, I, and, and it, it, it's actually documented that all the people who were not vaccinated, none of the people who were not vaccinated suffered of the Spanish flu. None of them. Yeah, I've seen that all that. Yeah, so that the Spanish flu is it's like a flawed, you know, when I see stuff in terrain theory and they always talk about the Spanish flu, the flu, it wasn't the flu. They were poisoned. There was yeah. nothing contagious about the Spanish flu. They were poisoned by the men. There was the meningitis vaccine. Anybody who got the meningitis vaccine was susceptible to succumb to the toxins that were in the vaccine and most of them suffered flu-like symptoms and they had their bodies went through a detox and that was the flu and then it was the treatment that killed people yeah well now we're you know now we're getting over the target because poisoning is is the bigger picture and the treatment the treatment kills people Hmm. so the toxicity which is also poisoning yeah Absolutely. So we had the the SARS, right? We recently, and what did they do? Everybody went on ventilators. Well, 90% of the people who went on ventilators died. Well, because they're blowing their lungs out. And then that's right. That's right. So it was the treatment. So So it was the treatment. It was the treatment that killed people, not the disease or not the illness or not the condition. It's so boring. It was the treatment. That's what killed people. It was the treatment. We've been through this. Oh, yeah. History, this is, history shows this is that loop. it's the treatment. Because in the, during the Spanish flu, they were giving people aspirin. And they were giving people aspirin in lethal doses. Like hundreds of times. powder. 
<laughs> like if you take an aspirin today and you compare that to what they were getting in 1918 during the Spanish flu, we're talking hundreds of times the dose. Hundreds of times. The aspirin was given out during 1918, during World War, at the end of World War One, during the Spanish flu, the aspirin, the, the dosage was way, way, way overblown. Most people died from aspirin overdose. The other people died from um, pneumonia. Well, plus they were serving you cocaine in your cough syrup and right, opium. yeah, and they were bloodletting opium. these are the good old days, baby. <laughs> yeah, trust the science, baby. Trust the science. Here's a pack of cigarettes. I'll be on your way. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's will help you. That's right. Doctors used to recommend cigarettes for for hypertension. Yep. Well, the menthol, if you're having some issues, you need some menthol. Oh, those but are illegal know, now in California. Oh, if cigarettes are too harsh for you, try menthol. They're easier. Yes, yes. But Which there are, is something to actual tobacco yeah, versus. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Native crap. Americans smoke tobacco. There's something to it. And there's beneficial, but that's. That's, we have has neuroreceptors with... in the yeah. back of yeah. ours. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we're, it's a. Everything in moderation, sure. Yeah, uh, our bodies also know tobacco. So, but the, and the process of of creating modern day cigarettes though is is nasty. All the chemicals in there, and that's oh my god, that's what oh that's, that's why, a that's why they're stinky. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's what kills people. That's what causes cancer. Is is those chemicals in your body and yeah. your lungs, <clears throat> not the tobacco itself. So, if you go to the doctor and you have a problem, and the doctor prescribes you a, a medication. Question number one is, am I deficient in that medication? And why would I need it? Right? Mm -hmm. Am I Question. deficient? As, as, as a living being, as an entity, am I deficient? All the nutrients that I require to be a living, healthy being, am I deficient in um, mercury, aluminum, uh, formaldehyde? You know, all the toxic things that they put into all the drugs that they prescribe. Well, first, right? you're going to have to get into the conversation of are they talking to your person or are they talking to you? You straw man or you is a living right. supreme being. Sure. Yeah. The, oh, I, absolutely. I seriously doubt a doctor has knowledge of that. I'm no. just I'm full no of jokes. Tonight. Of no. no doctor has knowledge of that. No, the spiritual aspect. No, but it's a straw man situation. In the in the end, it is kind of a straw man situation because on paper is on paper allopathy versus naturopathy and all this. There's you know the, these are pathways. These are choices, and uh, a lot of people aren't actually educated in the difference between these systems and we've been taught to trust these right. people we've been told we've been brain entrained and uh every other which way to um i'm so hungry i haven't eaten all day and we've been brain entrained we've been propagandized we have been molded into a system that tells us one thing, indoctrinates us into one thing, and that whole one thing is an actual lie. And what our 
generations are doing now, at least hopefully, is we're peeling this back and we're trying to understand where is health, what is health, what is reality, you know, I mean, hell, what the hell is time? This is, we're living in this big old sphinxes. Did I say sphincter or sphinx? Sphinx. You said sphinx. sphinx. <laughs> I know, just. You said sphinctus. You said sphinctus. <laughs> Cough for me now. We're living the in the riddle, riddle of the sphinx. You know, yes. the, the riddle of the labyrinth, the riddle you of said, it all. You said sphinctus. I, I'm trying to get there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like sphincter. <laughs> Give me a cough. <laughs> turn, I'll cough. Turn to the left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I've got to go. I'm going to pass out over here. All right. Well, thanks, Aaron. This, this has been awesome. Go ahead. All right. All right, you guys. This has been Aaron. It's always so much fun with you. I love I love messing around, and I've been. It's been fun to just be goofy. I've needed to be goofy for a minute. And we can have a goofy show if you want. Get Suzanne. Yeah, on. I love a goofy. Well, we had Aaron tonight too, so we I got know, some, I know, we I got know. the juice, and we got some, you know, some chunks. Oh, you want you want goofy? <laughs> I put a link to Aaron's channel in the description. Be sure to give him a sub. He's got good How about, videos. There's uh, there's creepy little bugs that are floating around, and uh, don't get too close to your neighbor or your family or your or your son or your daughter because they might pass on a deadly fucking pathogen that doesn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. How about don't that? Don't go licking coochie. Don't go licking coochie. <clears throat> you know, is, isn't it bizarre? Isn't it bizarre that they tell us that? Viruses are not actually living things. If you look up a virus, right. what is it? Not alive. It doesn't. It doesn't breathe. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't respire. It doesn't excrete. It doesn't eat. So it's not actually qualified as a living thing. And yet they they'll t tell you, oh, a virus can live on a surface for up to a couple of days. Right. But how could it Get live? Get the fuck out of here. How could it live if it's not alive? Get the and and that goes with the virus that goes with vaccine. It's like oh you got attenuated viruses. Oh so it's kind of dead. What the fuck are you talking about? Like what are you actually talking? And if you look into it, it's so bizarre and so pseudoscientific. It's crazy. This whole idea of attenuated viruses, half dead, half alive. This is just so bizarre. That's the, 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 the replication deficiency. Right. Oh, so, oh, so, yes. Yeah, so, I didn't mean to so get started saying that. It's all part of it. Oh, my God. All right. I'll let you guys go. Right. We've, we've been on long enough, I guess. Um, I, I love catching it. You guys are my, you guys are my favorite. I love your show. I love what you do. And um, thanks for having me. Hey, anytime. Well, we love and you. Be sure yeah. to come back. Uh, we can talk about something else. Like a six months, we'll catch up on see where we're at with the shenanigans. And be and well, the shenanigans are starting to roll out. I'm pretty sure that if you talk to me in six months, I'm going to talk about the same thing because right now, I, am, I think this is, this is probably the most important thing in our lifetime. Like bigger well, than nine eleven. An it's an aspect of it because there's a lot of moving parts here and it's one of them i think that we're in we are definitely in a grand overture of there, something. but it's also the foundation that was just 
the foundation over the last three years has been built for the technocracy they want to bring upon us, which is going to include more and more of these draconian measures. So it's it's important to understand how it's all based on lies. I, I think that somewhere in our constitution, there is some script that discusses the idea of a <laughs> medical, yeah. a tyrannical medical, medical, when medicine can govern society. It's like, uh oh, you're a threat to society. We yeah. deem you to be, That's you know, un unpure. You're unpure, right? Oh dear, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's somewhere deep in our, in no. our. No, it's yeah. not. Psych no, it's not. in our psyche. It's not in the Constitution. I think it is. I, I think it is. I don't think so. Uh oh, Mandela effect. <laughs> There's nothing in there about. That's, well, that's the really creepy part. At least not in the Bill of Rights. Is that this idea that somebody somewhere tell me that I am unpure? Even though I have no fucking symptoms, they have this new term, asymptomatic. Oh, I'm infected, but even though I'm not sick, I have no symptoms. I don't have a cough, a sneeze, no fever, no no symptoms, but you're going to tell me I'm sick. It's like, this is religion. This is like God commanding you to be yeah. sinful. You're born in original sin, and you're commanded to be well. That's what this is. It's this is fucking dogma. Scientism. Oh, it's yeah. scientism. It's scientism. Yeah. It's yep. dogma. Yep. It's dogma. It's scientism. This is dogma. You're you're sick. We come. We tell you you're sick, and we command you to be well. That's. This is the scary part of this whole scenario. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Right. So there you go. Spooky, spooky. Bye-bye. <laughs> right. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Nish. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, glad you stuck around to the end. And we'll be back in January with uh, the first guest I have is a guy talking about taxes, I think. Great. I don't remember. I don't remember. Greg. Oh, that <laughs> sounds wonderful. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's more of like a sovereignty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. yeah of course, yeah, Jerry. Yeah. 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 It's not like it's not like it's CPA or something. Anyway, yeah. it'll be interesting. I'm not going to book shitty guests. You know that. No, you never do. Only a couple times. Only a couple well, times. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. It was wonderful to catch up with you. You guys are some of my favorite people in the world. I love you. Likewise. We Take love care. you too, Aaron. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thank you, everyone have out a there. It's, good it's been fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, have a good holiday, everybody.